This episode is brought to you by Shuggies. Shuggies is on a mission to sweeten people's lives and create little moments of happiness and joy every day. Isn't that nice? That's so nice. <laughs> so Shuggies is infused cane sugar and infused agave nectar. And you can use Shuggies wherever you would want something to be a little sweeter, like stir it into your coffee in the morning or brew up a batch of lemonade on a hot summer afternoon. That sounds so refreshing. Mm. I would use it in baking. Oh, what would you make? Right now, I'm kind of into snickerdoodles, if I'm going to be honest. I, I feel like they're the... Them. Yeah, right? Like nobody remembers them. And every time I see one, I'm so pleased. So I'm trying to find a really good snickerdoodle recipe right now. Yeah, make a fat snickerdoodle and put some shuggies on it and call it a shuggy doodle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Check them out at shuggies.com. That's S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S.com. Or find them on Instagram at that shuggies feeling. Yeah, that shuggies feeling. I want that feeling all the time. Yeah, elevate your everyday with shuggies. Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. Do you know about ooh, do you know about goat spiders? No. That's one of my favorite weird facts about that I know about spider silk. I know nothing about it, but I do know at some point when cloning was just becoming a thing, like 20 years ago or whenever, when like Dolly the Sheep had just happened and stuff, yeah. that scientists had figured out a way to make a goat spider hybrid. It's a real thing where goats have spider genes spliced into them so that then they produce spider silk in their milk. Goat spider silk milk. Yeah. True. Look it up. Why? Goat spiders. On a dare? Why would they see if they could do that? So that they can produce silk in larger quantities because they needed a creature to produce the silk because it's a biological compound. Spider silk is like that crazy strong skein. What's the other word for it? And now it's coming out of a goat's udder? Well, there's spider. It's in the milk, and then they extract it from the goat milk. That's what I'm also still saying. Yeah, it's like, like... No, it's not like goats spraying spider webs out of their udders, <laughs> like Goat Man <laughs> instead of on the wrists. <laughs> spider goat, spider goat. Yeah, not that. Uttering itself to all the bad guys. The gun is stuck to the wall. The neck is stuck to the wall. Would watch. One hundred percent. Someone, please make this. Yes. That's so funny. Oh uh, my god. But but we are we uh there's just too many people on the planet. Is that your point? Um that wasn't my point, but it is a point. Yeah. Yeah. Was that my point? I guess that's your point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. <laughs> we are a podcast about cannabis, cooking, comedy, culture, and calling shit out. Yeah. We have a great time together and we're so glad you're here with us. That's it. Nice. I'm so high. And so high. Mm. <laughs> oh, did you say we? Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, like, I haven't heard we since I was we. We. <laughs> did, you, did you ever think that the word weed is like we and then a D? I, so it's like real fun? Just now. That's the first time I've ever thought of that. Weed. Copywritten, patented. <laughs> that's a good name for a weed strain. TM stamp. Weed. Can we go right to the news? Absolutely. I know I love talking with you, yeah. but also when we do our segments, the first one is always the news, and I'd love to kind of jump to it. Yeah. Cool. Because well, it's our news. Would you want to say it as or the co- while I take a sip? Do you want to go first? Or oh, second? I can hear your cotton mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is like a <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, like a wet cement shoe situation. 
Well, well, you take a okay. sip. I'll say, I'll say part of it. Okay. Is that we got into South by Southwest. Yeah, we did. I guess that's all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's the second part? There thank is no you. Second the second part. part could be thank you. Thank you. It's the, absolutely. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Thank you to everybody. When we applied for South by, there was through a panel picker. And part of the panel picker and part of being selected is having people saying, we want you to be selected. So thank you for listening to this and thank you for helping us get selected. I don't know how many people are in the South by Canna track, but it's an honor. It's it's, there are 24 panels in the Canna business track. And I was just reading on um, thefreshtoast.com that 150 plus panels submitted to be considered as part of that track. So it's pretty fucking cool and we're we're in such incredible company i mean some absolute legends i'm so excited to hopefully meet all of them hell yeah yeah i'm a little i'm a little emotional about it actually i can feel my voice being a little like whoa so (laughs) like a sad opera singer like a weird ghost (laughs) goat ghost a ghost still getting over their demise yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) haven't really just gone through all seven stages so they're finally booing oh no stage one of a boo is No. <laughs> also, it's it's in Austin in March. Mm-hmm. So if anybody out there lives in Austin or is near Austin and wants to come hang out with us, uh, I want to smoke a joint with everybody in the world. I would so, want please. to also know where all of the fucking good food is, like barbecue. And um, I mean, I only can come up with barbecue as a food that I would eat in Austin. I'm sure there are many other things. Beer. <laughs> barbecue and beer. Yeah. Yep. And so bourbon. Beer. Ooh, yep. All the bees. <laughs> And yeah, what um, banana cream pie? <laughs> That's a really Which, good one. I don't know. Whoa! I just seriously craved banana cream pie when I said that. Yeah, you made me swallow. Oh. What do you? What's your? Why? What are you thinking? I just really want banana cream pie right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like I could taste it. Is that weird? <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, we got into South by. Thank you, everyone who helped <laughs> us by voting on our panel picker submission. And please, if you're in Austin, let us know where to go and what to do. It's <laughs> so funny. <clears throat> also, happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Happy I just like Hallow- making that booing sound. Happy Halloween. Ah, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> What's happening for Halloween? I'm I I don't want to say my costume until because I think it's always fun to post on Instagram something that hopefully works out great. Hell yeah. What's your favorite old costume? Oh my favorite thing that I ever made as a costume was sushi. Stop. You yeah. made it? Yeah. Yeah, I was sushi, and um, my boyfriend at the time was Papa Smurf, and it was like, and he made his costume. Wow. Like, he made his feet really big, so he actually looked really short and stuff, and I was this big piece of salmon sushi, and I had like the seaweed wrapped around my middle, and the sushi was on my back, and then I dressed my whole body in white, so I was the rice. That's brilliant. I was super proud of it. Wow. What was the sushi made? What was the salmon sushi made of? Because that's pink with like those white ribbons throw it, yeah, flowing through it. Yeah, a huge piece of foam that I strapped to my back. So I'll find a picture. I'd like to put it on Insta actually. It was one of my proudest moments. And then like I put my hair up and I put this huge green cloud on my head and that was the wasabi and I stuck chopsticks into it and then I drank out of a bottle of soy sauce all night. <laughs> I was so proud of it. What a champion costume. It felt really cool. Damn. Yeah. I mean, you know, the whole joke about like, yeah, this Halloween, I'm going to be a sexy toilet seat or whatever the fuck it is. But it actually kind of was sexy. Like it wasn't meant to be sexy sushi, mm-hmm. but I wore all super tight white and white go-go boots. Ooh, so yeah. I felt pretty hot. That's... I, don't know. I liked it a lot. Awesome. Yeah. What about you? Burned over 80% of my body. 
How upsetting. I did it myself in the mirror. Oh. Um, I know it's upsetting and I know, but I had, I just had burn makeup mm-hmm. and I love movie makeup so much. If any, have you ever seen the movie FX or uh, FX2? Mm. Super old movies. Can't recommend them enough if you like special effects action movies. Okay. And I loved them growing up. So I wanted to do like movie makeup. So I had all this burn makeup and I just wanted to see if I could cover most of my body in burns and see if people would recognize me or not. And no one recognized me. Everybody did something really unfortunate with their eyes, which gave me perspective about how people (laughs) like that have to like what's their day to day, which was also educational and humbling. And I was also kind of proud of the job I did doing it. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that but was the one. You. So how do you feel about... So you kind of want a Halloween costume to be legitimately upsetting. That's always. your sweet spot. Always. I'm always kicking the shit out of myself uh-huh. or I'm dead. Okay. And that's most of the time. So grotesque or deceased. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And when I say most of the time, I don't mean most of the time in life. I mean like most of my Halloween costumes are dead or beaten up right yeah yeah yeah. Okay. E- except last year when i did uh out of shape wolverine oh, and nice. i just wore that wife beater my gut hanging out and i put forks on my <laughs> hand like uh claws you know snick snick like that will you repost that i'll repost it i'll put my sushi and you put your out of shape wolverine okay great hell yeah i'd like to put the 80 percent uh burn. burn one too okay if i can put up my other proudest one which is if i can find it i was roadkill one year Wow. Yeah, and it was like a matching roadkill. There were two of us who looked exactly alike. Both of you were roadkill? Yeah, like matching squirrels who had been smashed by a van tire. It was really gross. That was my only really grotesque or disgusting one because I tend to do uh, happy, goofy creatures like a dog in a cone. Or one year I did a beaver um, who then became a whole character. Or like a jellyfish or a caterpillar, you know, that kind of stuff. Life. Um, Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. The natural world around us. <laughs> Can I tell you one of the most fucked up costumes that I ever saw? Yeah. My friend, um, or well, my ex-boyfriend, or I don't even know how to call him. My friend Scott uh, was an Elmo hunter one year, and I took him, I walked with him at the Halloween parade in New York City, and he had this crazy big red furry coat and big red furry boots that looked like he had skinned an Elmo and made this huge red furry coat and red boots. Okay. And then he went and... It's <laughs> so fucked up. He went and bought a bunch of Elmo dolls and cut all their heads off and made a huge necklace. Out of the Elmo heads? Uh-huh. <laughs> and then he had like a fucking spear with an Elmo head on it. And I don't think he thought it through because we got to the like the Halloween parade and <laughs> kids were so upset. <laughs> like kids were so upset. They were freaking out. And he looked at me and he was like, oh shit. <laughs> and I was like... Yeah, that's you are ruining childhoods right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he just thought it was really funny. And then he went to a parade that was like lined with a million people in New York, which uh-huh. is like 40% children. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty fucked up. That's great. Uh-huh. I would love to hear what some other people's Halloween costumes are. Yeah. If anybody has any costumes, will you tag us or message us or anything at Weed and Grub on Instagram and just let us know? I love seeing people's costumes. Have you, are you into dog costumes at all? In the bedroom, yes. On Halloween, <laughs> no. Oh, yep. Good one. <laughs> Thank you. Nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm into dog costumes. If anyone has any dogs in costumes, I would also like to see those. Oh. They are my favorite. Especially when people dress their dogs as food. I just saw a tiny Pomeranian dressed as a New York City hot dog cart, and it was like, mwah everything make your day better 
By the way, what? I'm glad that we posted the fried rice video because oh. you were really high. Okay. Your hands didn't know what to do. <laughs> I look like a T-Rex. <laughs> Thank you for saying it so I could say yes. You know what's crazy about that? Is what? that my grandmother is so fucking weird to watch that video because my grandmother used to like come into the room with her, her wrists at like, you know, kind of boob height, like the way I have in that video because I'm so high, I don't with know what With the wrists with my loose, hands, yeah. With the loose wrists. Mm-hmm. And she used to come in and be like, you know, is everything okay in here? Like real nice. And I always associated that kind of weird arm thing with my grandmother. And then I saw that video and I was like, oh my God, I have T-Rex arms like my grandmother used to have. I love that you got so high that you had grandma arms. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) I was so high, I channeled my grandmother. Yeah. But just her arms. Just just her arms. (laughs) And we got through it and we had a great time and we made delicious fried rice. And shout out to Michael Walker for like making the whole thing look good. You can see it on our YouTube. Absolutely. It's fucking hilarious. And we used gold leaf to develop the recipe. Yeah. Well, shout out to them. Also, we need a new recipe. And so I know they have recipe cards. They do. They have um, their they've got like a pack. They've got medical cannabis reference cards and they've also got recipe cards. There's a pack of five with a bunch of recipes. One of them is from Kat Cora. I'm a fan. Yeah. Iron Chef Kat Cora? Yep. Wait, she's Cannabis Kat Cora? Yeah, we gotta have her on the pod. She ha- oh, that would be a dream. Yeah, I think we even have said that on here before. Like, we have? An absolute dream. Putting it in the air again. Yeah, she uh, made a recipe for the gold leaf recipe card set, and hers is a beet salad with tangerine, tangerine. <laughs> Channeling your grandma. Tangerine. <laughs> Well, let me just hold my arms in this weird way and say words in a strange old-timey accent. Tangerine CBD vinaigrette. It's a beet salad with tangerine CBD vinaigrette. Wow, that joint was great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but check them out at shopgoldleaf.com. They're great. And at gold, gold Leaf on Instagram. Yeah, Instagram has no O, so it's that. Goldleaf. And um, and please like check out our video and let us know what you thought. It's on YouTube and our Facebook page. And um, what else you'd like to see us do? Yes. For food videos, because we're making some fun stuff right now and having a blast in the kitchen. It's pretty cool to have a little production chart with you. Who yeah. knew? Yeah. Why not? Put it in the air, man. Put it in the air. Speaking yeah. of putting it in the air, uh, we have some Buds of the Week to get to. Oh, and I want to yes. put them in the air because they're very uh, special, great folk. And airy. Aries? They're airy. I don't know. What do you mean? I literally don't mean anything. Airy? Yeah. What is that? They're airy. <laughs> Quit trying to make fetch work. <laughs> it's not a thing. Okay, do you want to go first? Yeah. Who's your butt of the week? My butt of the week is a person who is actually on this podcast, I don't even know how long ago, six months ago, who became a friend of ours. Yeah. So I want to shout out... Lisa and Harry Mack, because, man, having Harry close out Glazed every month at the Improv and becoming homies with him and Lisa feels incredible. And if you have not heard or you want to re-fuck with Harry Mack, follow him on Instagram. He's the best freestyle rapper. All of these videos of him walking around in public, freestyle rapping what he sees in front of him, grabbing people and just freestyling about them. And it's all positive. It's all incredible. And I can't speak highly enough about Lisa and Harry Mack. Yeah, he blows my mind every time I see him perform. My butt of the week is at Legalize It Lawyer on Instagram, my friend Dave Holland, who was the general counsel for High Times when I worked there. And then he was, um, when he left, Christina Bicola took over. But he is just like the best person. He's so much fun. He's so funny to hang out with. He and his wife Mal are just like 
you know, if you ever want to just like go out on the town in New York and have a great time, they're great. And he's been fighting for legalizing cannabis since he started his law career. He's just a great person. And if you're in trouble and you need help also, if you're fighting a cannabis case in New York or New Jersey, I believe, check him out at Legalize at Lawyer and HollandLitigation.com is his website. And he's such a fucking fun, cool dude who um, I love. Beautiful buds of the week. Yeah. That leaves our uh, VIB, our very important bud this week. Abdullah Saeed, guys. We hung out with Abdullah. It's so cool. I've like I've been watching him uh, fucking blossom in his incredible career in cannabis and comedy and everything for a long time. And it was the first time that we got to sit down and like really smoke a joint and kick it with him. He's a good hang. And he's also smart as fuck, articulate as hell. And very funny. Yeah. Uh, Abdullah has an amazing podcast called Great Moments in Weed History with Dave Bienenstock, who's an old High Times colleague, who is just one of the most knowledgeable minds in cannabis. And together they break down great moments in weed history from Jesus Christ to uh, Maya Angelou and Barack Obama. Like they talk about all of the um, great moments that you need to know about, especially if you love weed. And especially now, I think when weed culture is really getting like co-opted by some corporate bullshit, there's a lot to learn about where the plant that you love comes from and throughout history how it's affected our, our culture and times also we should have bean on here as soon as possible as soon as possible are you listening bean bean get over here we want to like grub and grub and snack and smoke and hang <laughs> is that the new title of the pod grub and snack and smoke and hang yeah uh-huh. good to rebrand after all this time yeah, why not <laughs> great <laughs> so without further ado here's episode one of our new podcast grub and snack and smoke and hang with abdullah saeed hi everyone As you know, Mike and I love to travel and we love to check out new shops everywhere we go. Yeah, one of our favorite places to go is Vegas. What's up, Vegas? What up? Yo, life is beautiful, the Fremont experience. Any reason at all? Any, seriously, any reason at all. Do you wanna go right now? Yes, let's go. Let's well, go. while we're there, we should go to, to our favorite dispensary, Euphoria Wellness. They were the first dispensary to open in Las Vegas, and they have won multiple Best of Las Vegas awards. Right? You open first, and you do it the best? Mm-hmm. Sign me up. I loved how when we got to Euphoria, the staff was super welcoming. So nice. And then check-in was super quick. And then the best part, you have an experienced wellness guide with you, so they can walk you through the entire process and help you select the best products for what you need. And they have a huge selection of flour, edibles, cartridges, and tons more, and they're house brand of flower which is called Suma. So good. It's amazing. Yeah, Suma. Um, Yo, Suma. honestly, you walk in there, you go through check-in, and then you have a wellness guide walk you through and then you get Suma. Yeah. Stop. That's so, so good. Check them out the next time you're in Vegas. Their website is euphoriawellnessnv.com. That's euphoriawellnessnv like for nevada.com. Yeah, and use our special promo code GRUB and you'll get 10% off your next visit at the dispensary. Keep out of reach of children. For use only by adults 21 years of age and older. No other coupons or discounts apply. You did it like one of the... That yeah, sounded right? so good. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Go to euphoriawellnessnv.com. Oh my god. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Did you like my owl? That was such a good... Cool, when you were like, I want to do an owl. And mm-hmm. I was like, what does that even mean? That's so amazing. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween, everyone. I'm going to magical butter my edibles this Halloween. What about you, Mike? Yeah, duh. There's nothing I want to do more than make a bunch of edibles at home and then bring them to my Halloween party. Let everyone know that they're dosed. Yes. And Keep I, away from children. Keep away from children and just really have a great time thanks to my home MB machine. Can you tee up an owl? So, Because I'm going to say our promo code real quick. Sure. Okay. So everybody follow Magical Butter on Instagram at Magical Butter and go to MagicalButter.com and at checkout use the promo code Weed and Grub for 20% off. That's amazing. Magicalbutter.com. <laughs>
Oh man, well, what is up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? It's going great. We're already, we're already. I mean, we're here. Yeah, we're welcome to my show, guys. Thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for coming and talking to me. Yeah, running the show wherever you are, man. Oh man, would you actually introduce yourself and kind of give people a lowdown on, um, you know, who you are, what your deal is, yeah. how, how your life is going? Yeah, totally. Uh, my name's Abdullah Said. Uh, my life's going well, and I'm thankful for it. I, I, I wake up every day, and I'm, I'm thankful uh, for the good things. Um, I, I guess I, I'm a, a professional cannabis person in a lot of ways. Uh, I think that a lot of people would describe me that way. That's how I would describe myself. Uh, and I'm also, uh, professionally, I'm a TV producer and a writer, uh, sometimes an actor and a host as well. Artist. Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess you could call. You know, I've always wondered if any of those things can really be considered an art. Maybe the writing part. I guess mm-hmm. acting. I I don't think I've done enough of to. You know, I always tell people like I act a little bit. I've literally only acted in one TV show. But it's the one. Yeah, it's if the honestly. If I had to pick one to be in, that would be the show because it it was one of my favorite shows. Fuck yeah, real yeah, world, you know, real world road rules challenge. Dude. Yeah, re- real world, Come dude. On. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. It's the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, honestly, it um it's like if I was <clears throat> excuse me, if I was going to be in any show about cannabis, like so I I have a really sort of uh high sensitivity for bullshit representation uh of cannabis and cannabis people in TV and stuff, and High Maintenance is one of the only shows truly uh that I feel like is responsible and uh, inclusive in his representation of people that are cannabis people, right? Um, and th- the funny thing is that, like, I don't know if I've ever, if there's any show that I haven't worked on personally that actually passes muster for me, you know what I'm saying? In a lot of ways, I think there's a lot of crap out there. But the ones that you were on that didn't pass your whiff test, you fought the fight that you like yeah. you, you planted your flag as strongly as you could. Well, you know what? In a lot of those cases, in the shows that I worked on, thankfully, I didn't have to take too much of a stand because the vibe was already kind of in the right place. Bet. So, so for like for Bong Appetit, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I was hosting and producing the show, uh, and I was working with people that I trusted, and you know, I feel like we were able to to kind of like represent cannabis in the best possible way. That was like how I would do it that's like how I did it you know what I'm saying like meaning off top I was like all right here's what this tv version of Bong Appetit is right it's my fantasy land when the show starts you're in my fantasy land which is that we're in this big house we're surrounded by friends and we have all the best fucking weed in the world and some of the best chefs in LA, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, it's everything you want. Check out this pantry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it's a fantasy show, but it's framed as a cooking show. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's kind of like the appeal of the thing. Can we go back to a little bit before that? Because when you and I met, we were both in New York, and you were writing about the fucking best music that was coming up. Like you wrote about Migos oh, yeah, for High I Times did. before anyone had really even heard of Migos. You've yeah. always had your finger on the pulse of what's coming next, and you've, you're at the vanguard of it a little bit. I, I, you know, I, I tried to be. I would definitely say I'm probably too old to be a music taste maker now, maybe. But at the same time, uh, so that was a. You were my editor at High Times through, uh, you know, a bunch of stuff that I wrote. Uh, and so this was back when I was at Vice, right? 
Uh, David Bienenstock, my co-host on Great Moments of Weed History. Great Moments of Weed History! Yay! So good. Check out the Obama episode. So yeah. fucking fire. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Barry. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, my man, Barry. <laughs> Barry and the Choom Gang. But yeah, so basically, uh, Bienenstock uh, introduced me to you and a bunch of the other guys at High Times. And uh, I started pitching music features and yeah so if i can remember correctly i did one on action bronson mm-hmm. uh i remember that was really funny because someone from high times had brought like sheets of shatter to, this was when shatter was like kind of still new ish right and they were showing them to action bronson to be like yeah check out how much shit i got and action bronson was like all right uh thanks for the gifts and the guy was like uh those aren't yeah. <laughs> but then he took him anyway it was of so course. fucking funny so i did one on him uh one on the chain smokers <laughs> yep who are huge now which is crazy at the time they were pretty big but they had just done the selfie song and they were actually friends of my friend zishan mm. uh and i interviewed them for high times perdition i did freddie gibbs yep uh, a picture plane was one of them yeah. really dope uh musician from New York. But yeah, that was really, really fun. And honestly, it was huge for me to be able to write for high times, especially being a cannabis person at Vice. Or I mean, Vice was not a cannabis place until until I started making cannabis stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, to be able to write for like the OG place uh, was a real honor and a pleasure, especially uh, in hindsight now seeing that all the cool people are gone from the company and it's kind of like whack whack sauce now uh, i'm really glad that i was able to get a couple in yeah uh, and shout out to chris Simunek actually uh who also was there for a couple of the uh he was editor-in-chief when i started yeah yeah yep. that's right that's right and, and dave and elise were out here on the west coast yeah that's yeah. right yeah and uh rick kuzik and uh danny danko and craig yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was really dope. I, I definitely was sort of like giddy that I was hanging out at the High Times office. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It, that, that was a really cool uh, moment in my career for sure. So thank you for that, Mary Oh, Jane. man, that was so great to meet you at that time. And like, you introduced me to so many amazing things. And then High Maintenance and Bong Appetit and Great Moments in Weed History. And then oh, all the other stuff you're doing, too. Like, it seems like you don't stop moving a whole lot. Yeah, you know what it is? At, at least it, it, at a certain stage in your career, you cannot be uh miffed or or, you know slowed down by failures right and so i sort of am blind to my failures because early in my career like i created all this shit for vice that was like you know weed it get bong appetit smokables like all really successful stuff that i had to completely abandon because that belongs to the company that i worked for you know like um that's the trade-off that's the trade-off and i mean when you're doing a television show a lot of people would say that a network that doesn't uh, offer its talent decent deals is exploiting the shit out of them some right? would say some would say but uh at the same time you know i got my ups there but i also had to sacrifice things that i created i had to abandon my darlings you know what i mean yeah uh so it's given me a thick skin with that type of shit so like you know, when I left Vice, I had this show, which is cannabis people would love this fucking show. It's absolutely incredible. It was like my next show after Bong Appetit, right? I worked very hard on it, uh, and everyone was too scared, and everyone is still too scared wow. to make a cannabis show. I think the way that Bong Appetit got made was a combination of my enthusiasm for weed 
and a lack of oversight from a, <laughs> from a new network who yeah. didn't know what was happening. Because, I mean, you know, we were sort of out there running and gunning it. Um, so, you know, I'm glad I got to make cannabis content because I don't think we're in a renaissance of cannabis content. I think cannabis, sure, is, something's happening, right? But it's not represented in media in, in the same way. They won't touch think. it. They yeah. won't touch it. Yeah. They're scared. They say, oh, man, on the one hand, we're scratching our heads. How do we get young people to watch TV? Oh, but on the other hand, uh, cannabis is illegal and it's a drug, so don't put it on TV. I'm like, uh, guess what the kids want to watch on fucking TV? Mm -hmm. They want to watch weed, you know? And I've demonstrated that. Fuck, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Meanwhile, Heineken's dropping, like, billions of dollars on drinks and bars. And it's like, yo, why isn't Heineken fucking with our ideas? Yeah, I know. Seriously, you know what? When it becomes federally legal, all these companies will swoop in and we'll be sitting there wondering what happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Are, are you nervous? Um, I guess uh, I, I'm always a little nervous, but I ignore that part of my brain. Right, yeah, but man. Because it is, you know, it's so interesting to me. I'm sure you guys experience this. Like, when you hear things on the radio or things in the public, like, we've known for however many years that cannabis is all the things that people are now slowly realizing that it is. That it's a medicine, that it's not dangerous, that it's good for people, that it's been used as a tool against people. You know what I mean? We know all that. And the frustrating part about seeing the light trickle in to the mainstream, right? Mm -hmm. To see the understanding trickle into the mainstream is you're like, if you're going to understand it, just fucking hurry up and understand it right. You know what I'm saying? Like people are like, CBD's good. Oh Uh yeah, what's about? And I'm like, fuck CBD. You need to combine all the cannabinoids together. You know what I'm saying? Like it's so stupid to legalize the one component of the resin of one plant and not just legalize the plant or to be so backwards that instead of awakening and being like, oh, we've been wrong about this for so long. Oh, we've had the wool pulled over our eyes. Let's completely rethink this. People are stupid and they have to like chip away at their conditioning piece by piece and we're all going to be fucking dead before they figure out how to responsibly regulate this shit. In some ways, I feel like the acceleration of therapeutic psychedelics being accepted by mainstream is faster than weed. It is. In some ways. Do you think it is? I think it is. And the reason I think it is is because the information age has given people anxiety and people with anxiety get depressed and there's no better treatment for depression than psychedelics. Um, that might be controversial, right? But yeah. it's fucking true. <laughs> like, MDMA. we all know it. MDMA. Works. Mushrooms Psilocybin. Work. Yeah. DMT. Uh, LSD. All yeah. this shit has therapeutic uses despite what uh, the law of the United States says. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and anecdotally, I mean, I've, like, I don't know if you read, read uh, Islet Waldman's book, A Really Good Day. No. Do you know? She, she's a great... I mean, she just journaled it. She's like a soccer mom who was a lawyer who then journaled her experience with taking ah. uh, therapeutic psychedelics in a way that, you know, anyone in middle America could pick up and read. And I just feel like that literature or that message for some reason hasn't been... The cannabis community hasn't gotten a hold of how to communicate it yeah or something i don't know well you what's know, missing it's funny because like cannabis has had this sordid history uh i think specifically because it was adopted by or part of the culture of people of color right and the oppressive response to that right which is just rooted in bigotry and hatred right was to make like an example of it and make it a huge issue, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas in the Americas, who used 
uh, psilocybin mushrooms and peyote and stuff, native indigenous people, mm -hmm. uh, native indigenous peoples of, of North America, of Central America, of Mexico, that's who was using psychedelics and they were wiped all but wiped out, right? So, so meaning when you damage the, you actually reduce the population of people using this drug you want to demonize by so much, you no longer have to demonize it because there's barely anyone left to demonize. Isn't that a tragic thing? Yeah, like, it's a crazy real? way to think of it. Extinct yeah. an idea? Yeah. And being like, oh, well, you know, we still have to make an effort to demonize cannabis because it's still actively being used by black and brown people, but all the Native American and, you know, Native Mexican people that were using psychedelics, there's barely any of them left, so we don't have to even say anything about it. Man, so what do you do? Just read a lot? Uh, <laughs> no, no, you know what? You're smart. <laughs> oh, thanks, Mike. You guys are really fucking smart. That, that, that makes me feel good. No, you know what? I think I just think about shit a lot. One thing that's hard for me to get away from is the fact that, so I was born in the United States, right? But before I was one, my family moved to Thailand. I grew up in Thailand until I was 13 and then came back to the U.S., uh, right. So, and and my, my mom got divorced from my dad and I came back to the U.S. with her. And then that was 97 and I was 13. And then 9-11 happened when I was like 18. Right. And it's like because like I, I had known that I had like more cultural perspective uh, than a lot of the kids I went to American public school with. Because the thing is, like, I'm not from anywhere. Mm. Full on, if you ask me where I'm from, it's a complicated story because I'm Pakistani, right? But I'm not from Pakistan. I grew up in Thailand, but I'm not Thai at all, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm an American, but I moved to this country when I was 13, right? And, you know, I was the longest place that I've lived, the place I've lived the longest in the U.S. is Philadelphia. But I moved there when I was 18. I can't really say I'm from there. I love Philadelphia more than just about anywhere. But... Uh, I'm not really from there. I lived in New York for seven years. My whole family's from there, but mm -hmm. I, I'm not really from there either. I, I moved there when I was like 26, 27, and I live here in California, and I feel at home here, but I'm certainly not from here, <laughs> right? So, like, being not from anywhere, like, I, I'm judged by every group that I'm in. A Pakistani would say I'm not Pakistani enough. A Muslim would say I'm not Muslim enough. An American, whatever. I'm not enough of those things for any group. So... As an outlier, I just feel like I can look at this whole shit as a whole. This is the reason I became a comedian, because if you don't laugh at these sort of realizations, you'll go fucking nuts, right? Nuts! And it, it, I don't feel like I'm, I'm smarter than anybody. I was definitely forced into a perspective that's given me, you know, some insight, some of which is funny. And so much of your comedy, like I've, I, you have that bit about the eyebrows in the rearview mirror. Yeah, like that, yeah. Your your Uber driver's eyebrows in the yeah. rearview mirror, and it's such a cool observational, <laughs> cultural, funny fucking snapshot that must come from yeah, like yeah, what a totally. outsider's perspective. Mm -hmm. Love it. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, yeah I, I love that bit because it is. It's about you know me being judged by a Muslim, right? Uh -huh. Even though I'm a Muslim person, but they would be like. You're too fucking Americanized. But an American would be like, Abdullah Saeed, like, you're Muslim as fuck. You know, and I'm like, literally, neither group will, will cut me any slack on it. But yeah. Could we talk about comedy, you guys? Yeah. I, I like it. I have so much respect 
for the way that you do comedy, Mike. It's it's so it just flows out of you. You know what I mean? Damn, man, thank you. Yeah, it, it really cool. does. Like the first time I saw you do comedy, I think was was at Alexis Fox's show. Oh, perhaps yeah, yeah at L Six. Yeah, yeah, that's where we met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, you later did me and Josh's show. The Coming show up, show. yo, this is gonna yeah, drop yeah, before it, so it let's again. plug it. Let's oh plug yeah, it. that's right. Yeah, November sixth. At El Cid, come through. Mike Glazer is performing. Also, John Daly. Boom. Myself. Boom. Sierra Catow. Uh. Rachel LaForce. Yes. Zach Miller. Yo. And Josh. And Josh, of course, my man Josh. Yeah, he's been doing comedy lately. He's doing great at it. But yeah, like it is. Uh, it, 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 I'm new to the craft. Right? How long have you been doing comedy? Six to eight. Six to eight years? Yeah. No shit. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it shows. And have you always sort of done it like free form? Yeah, man. I've hated myself forever, man. <laughs> <laughs> Just every situation. <laughs> Anytime I'm in public. Yeah. And, and also, so it is all being present and flowing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And how much of your set is improvised? As much as possible until yeah. I have to do material. Right, right, right. Okay, you're a stave offer. Oh, uh, yeah, right, man. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's kind of maybe in the way that, like, you would write Amigos article or like we would do a pod and then you just move on. Like yeah. I love moving on, uh, you know? Yeah. 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 Like we've already cool. done this, right? Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> so I can't imagine I'm such a rehearser. If I were ever to do comedy, it would have to be so dialed in and perfectly rehearsed. I don't think I could ever flow like yeah. you do. I'm amazed at watching like that. Just constant, like keeping in touch with whatever energy is in the room. Yeah. It's really cool. Have you ever tried it? No. Yeah? No, I've done like weird character stuff, but never a stand-up. No. Like, where are you at with it? Yeah. So I came out the gate about a year ago uh, and performed at Savage Henry Festival. That was like one of my first shows. Up it's up Humble. north, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, really good group of guys up there, guys and girls and all types of folks doing comedy. They're like you know it, it's a certain vibe it's weed countries it's you know obviously i feel at home up there um and then i started doing shows and i definitely fell into it in terms of like i think being 35 and not really needing it to work out for me you know what i mean in a way has allowed me to be kind of free with it yeah and then i did alexis fox's show uh a bunch and then me and joe started our own show and i've mostly done uh, like the kind of hipster East Side uh, bar shows, right? Mm -hmm. And then the only times I've performed at a club is at your show, yeah. at Glazed, and that was actually like my best fucking set nice. ever. Yeah, and then uh, I had a set at the Ice House as well at one point. And basically where I'm at is I need to perform more. Uh, that's the main thing is just like, you know, it's hard to create a routine of performing a lot. I really like to do it. Um, and I went back up to Savage Henry a couple weeks ago, right? And I d did a set and, you know, like an improv thing or whatever. And it was, I was feeling very confident, overly confident. And then <laughs> something crazy happened to me when I was at a, we at a weed farm. And I did a five-minute bit about it on the last night. And it bombed no! so hard. Ooh. And granted, it was, the story was uh, about a weed farmer who... Uh, I realized quickly when was visiting his weed farm that uh, he had named his dog the N-word, right? What? And I, it, was, it was so fucked up, and I had to get it off my chest. And, I, <laughs> and like, we left immediately, and I, I wrote this whole five-minute thing that was just kind of catharsis about having experienced it. 
And then I was like, oh, this is so funny. This is so funny. I'm going to do this instead of my usual jokes. And then I did this completely new, completely untested bit, and it did not work out. <laughs> People are not comfortable talking about that shit, especially, you know, up in Humble. Yeah. You know, so, um, no. yeah, and I was like, okay, like, I, that was an important lesson. It was medicine. I literally came off stage, first of all, being like, wow, like, you know, bombing is actually pretty fucking invigorating. It's like, pretty I, wild. I feel alive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where you're like, oh my God, I feel so alive. <laughs> like, it was a packed house. Um, and, <laughs> and then also being like, you know what? Stick to your fucking shit. Don't have hubris. And I'm a, I'm a baby comedian. I've only done it for a year. I needed to learn that. Um, and I, I feel good about it, but also because like, you know, uh, I feel like I can grow into being a comedian from here. I, you know, I, yeah. I would like to do it for a long time. I really enjoy it. The cool shit about that is that you'll remember it forever. It'll yeah. no matter what, that'll always be a story. Sense memory, sense memory, memory too. Yeah, yeah. And those things yeah. are great because they're such good foundation. Yeah. Do you like performing high? Uh, yeah. You know, not freshly high, but like for example, the first time I ever did something like you know comedic and performative was at Lindsay Ames' uh, High Diary show. That's a great show. Yeah, yeah, it's a really great show. And I read, well, I, I didn't read from my diary. I told a story with some visual aids. Um, and I was smoking a joint the whole time. I was so, so high. Um, but also, it's, uh, you know, it's almost like a seasonal thing. Always smoking? You edibles? Anything else? Dabs? Um, I take dabs at home. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really like to take dabs. And I smoke flowers in a joint. Um, edibles sometimes, maybe for a movie, mm -hmm. but not as often as people like being in a movie. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> actually, funny thing. Every time I've acted, I've been high as fucking shit. So I was just talking to Ben yesterday, actually, and he said uh, they're using. Uh, hemp flour now oh nice all cbd weed that's which great. is legal and it it looks like weed so you can film it it looks like weed and the 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 law people are fine with it because it's legal across the line i was like this is amazing that's a awesome. revolution because fake weed cinematic weed is terrible yeah you know it smells gross yeah what are you smoking this is from lost coast exotics up in hubble I went to their farm. It's incredible. It, this is Wedding Crasher. Oh, Wedding Cake. Oh. And wed, this is a crazy trend to me that the strain name, the name of the popular strain right now is Wedding Cake. Uh-huh. Like, that's so random. I mean, <laughs> I, I guess it, it kind of tastes like Wedding Cake. I don't know. I like it, you know? But. Sure. You know, I mean, well, they, they do these weird crosses and then name them inspired by whatever the cross was. So what are the genetics yeah. behind Wedding Cake? I'm not sure. It's a, I assume some vanilla. sort of cookie thing and yeah, some gas. Yeah, it's got to be like cookies and Yeah, vanilla. Cookies Love. And yeah. <laughs> a strong relationship, ups and downs. <laughs> compromise. Uh-huh. Oh, is this? Yeah, compromise. 27% compromise? A second per, yeah. <laughs> that cool. shit's testing a 27% compromise right now, man. <laughs> That's why we do this. <laughs> Wedding cake. Yep. Yeah. Two percent separate bathrooms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's See, the dude, key. honestly, that is so true. 
that separate bathrooms, I think I've never lived with a person I've been in a relationship with either. Right? Like I'm just saying in life, separate bathrooms. Mm-hmm. If you're in a relationship with someone or if you have a roommate. Just if you like someone. Yeah, yeah. All. Oh man, separate <laughs> bathrooms is crucial. Yeah. <laughs> crucial. You know, aside of every human being that in quote unquote civilized society, it it shatters uh the veil of like you know of, how I'm thinking of you. Yeah, 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 yeah. The smell of someone, the inside of someone's body is like <laughs> once you smell oh what God, someone I smells like inside. It oh, it's yeah. hard to look at them outside the same. I've never thought of that. Yeah, yeah you're smelling their insides. So, and actually, Mike, I would ask you this: uh-huh. You're a fairly hairy guy, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. me. Do you just shed little black hairs constantly? I'm a I'm like a terrier, man, dude. Me too. You guys shed. <laughs> I shed constantly. <laughs> legit like if my girlfriend like if her arm is pressed against mine in a movie theater on a plane or something after 20 minutes if she pulls it off she will have little black hairs from my arm (laughs) all over her arm which is funny because then it looks like she's got like a little hairy arm you know what i mean (laughs) um but but like like skinny blonde white girl with like a brown man's like arm hair pretty hilarious uh personal question yeah when you when you towel off yeah with the shower like on your towel is there just like a banana amount of hair like afterwards it it ends up on the floor it ends up in like clumps and shit yeah yeah it ends up like lining like the edge of the bathtub you know what i mean it's like it's everywhere i'm pretty particular about Getting rid of the hair, even if it's like, if I don't know if I'm not doing a full bathroom clean, I'll get rid of all the hair. I was gonna say, like, I shave my legs in the shower. I mean, I don't like, you know, spout little jets of hair, but like, I and I managed to. Wait, wash yeah, it I don't want to take drain. away from it, but you're not dealing with what we're dealing with. <laughs> out here. Can you just rinse it down the drain? <laughs> yeah, no, because the thing is, it's I'm on so you. Confused. It's on you at all times, and it's just sprinkling off constantly. <laughs> so it's like, it, you know, meaning like. Even like all over my house, on my desk, for sure, there's like, you know, I'll shed some arm hair. It's also not coming off in like just like oceans of hair. Like Colin off a dandelion. (laughs) That's what I'm picturing. Like I blow on the two of you and you just puff away. Yeah. Not quite like that. But but over time, it will build up. Being a hairy person is is hard. Being a hairy person is hard in war, especially in, in a hot climate. Yeah, yeah, straight up. Yeah, this absolutely. this felt great. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it was cathartic, nice. right? Yeah. For yeah. real, man. But, but you was both sport beards. If it's hard yeah. to be harried, like, have you ever thought about taking that down to the? Yeah, is well, it cooler when you're clean shaven? The funny part about that is that I am constantly just racing my beard. I mean, I, I trimmed like three days ago, and my beard is huge now. So some of us give up like this, the way I do it, where I'm unshaven and it's overgrown. Some people give up like Mike, where you shape the overgrownness into a beard. Yeah, and, to you make know, it look like you have your life together. Make it look like you have your life together. Yeah. It's a facade. Uh, but we're all, we're all falling apart. Uh, you know, we're literally, we're falling. There's pieces of us falling off of us constantly. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like dust? Like dust. You know, it, it's, this is a very, like, whatever, doing psychedelics outside during the daytime kind of thought. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we are definitely... Like we're eighty percent water. We are not. I'm now- eighty one. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Head flex. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, and we're constantly, you know, like we're, we're like water just flows through us. Like we eat food and it, we turn it into earth. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, it's insane. We're really yeah. very much, like, just part of the environment. Um, you know, we'd like to think otherwise if mm-hmm. Instagram is any evidence. But, uh, but even your IG, you're hiking, you're outside, like, you're I active. Too. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. like, you're, oh, you you're a noticing. part of the world. <laughs> yeah, I try to be. You know, that was a big thing about moving to California for me was it was the first time I was aware of my physical and mental well-being mm. i swear to god i did not think about my physical and mental well-being for the previous 33 years of my life you yeah. know what i'm saying like in new york it was just like work and make yourself more than you are now you know what i'm saying just mm-hmm. do more and accomplish more doesn't matter how you feel you know what i mean like i wasn't exercising i'm literally going to physical therapy now so a guy can teach me not to have my shoulders all scrunched up. Wow. You know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, like, just to, to stand like this. I, a man has to train me. This is a funny thing. It's like, I was thinking about this, like, recently I was, like, doing push-ups. Uh, and my girlfriend was like, oh, uh, I think you're doing those wrong. And I was like, well, why don't I just fucking kill myself? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I've been doing push-ups wrong? I've been like, you know, like just the most natural thing you're supposed to do to lift like, your body, lift your body off the ground. I've been doing that wrong. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Oh, man. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. how's that guy going with you? Yeah. Uh, good. It's, it's two guys who switch off. Um, you got two guys showing you how to, to sit up straight. I got two different guys and nice. you know, like literally like today the guy was like, yeah, like, so, you know, Ray told me about your shoulder thing you know what i mean like they talk about it when i'm not there <laughs> and also today the guy was like oh yeah so uh you know like we, we were talking about how you're you do cannabis stuff right or whatever uh-huh. and he was like yeah i do it i do it too <laughs> you know he like low-key was like yeah and i was like fuck yeah bro in my head i was like i'm gonna bring this guy weed next time no doubt you know? it's like a medical setting i gave my landlady weed yeah? Yeah. It was, it was nice. So you guys also receive an abundance of free weed, right? Yes. Generally speaking. It's yes. so nice. So w- if you spend money on weed, what is the situation? Do you ever spend money on weed? To support local stuff. Yeah. yeah. Right. I do some to of put, that too. To put the money where it should go that yeah. I believe in. Yeah. No yeah. doubt. I, uh, you're saying the word local. I feel like the... It's code for black market. Oh, my, yeah. <laughs> my friend Randy. Gotta support the black market. Supporting yeah. my friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> supporting my local growers. <laughs> and I also like whenever farmers. I'm visiting a new place that I've never been. Yeah. Like to go into a you know dispensary in Anchorage or you know. Yeah. Somewhere like that. It's always cool. Yeah. I'm excited to go buy weed in my hometown in St. John's, Newfoundland too. Oh yeah, right. Across across the country Canada. Now. Yeah. yeah. So I would definitely spend like as a tourist. Yeah. But yeah, here yeah. at home, yeah, we're all like. You know, yeah. living in the most amazing, generous climate where people want oh. you to have their awesome weed that they grew oh, so you'll yeah. like enjoy it and then tell other people about it. Oh, it that's is. how you stand out. It's crazy to think about it that we are the like the only people who are gonna experience the pendulum swinging so far. Yeah. yeah. Like like we were uh, adults, alive adults, able to appreciate this change from either side of it. it it's crazy mm-hmm. it is crazy it's surreal this is actually an interesting point uh 
my concept of value, and I wonder if you, this same thing has happened to you guys. So has has completely changed because of cannabis, the change in cannabis in, uh, atmosphere, right? Like, think about this. What used to be the most precious thing in the world to me. You can't even just go to a store and buy it if you have money. You have to have money. You have to know someone. Mm-hmm. And when you get it, it's precious. And you ration it out little by little. And, you know, you have the same bag for months or whatever. And, uh, you know, you're just like, every time you have a chance to get some, oh, I could get some good stuff. <laughs> oh, man. And it's the best thing. Literally, like, you're like, oh, man, the world is full of all these material things. But the only material thing that's really, truly precious to me is this shit, right? Mm-hmm. And then suddenly we enter a phase where I have so much of this shit <laughs> in every form. I could not, I mean, I certainly can smoke all that I have, probably, sure. but it would take me a very long time. There's so much. Yeah. I have a drawer in my fridge, like where the b- butter's supposed to go, that's all concentrates. It's all like the best fucking hash from everywhere. And the butter's like, where am I supposed to go? Yeah, the butter's <laughs> just sitting there on a shelf. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh-uh. um, yeah it's like, when have you had toast? In a while have you had toast? But like, my whole idea of value has changed. Yeah. I get all this shit for free. And, you know, it's like, I literally have been like, what is value? And then like, you know, I used to, when I was a kid, a cool t-shirt or a cool sweatshirt was the greatest thing in the world, right? Besides weed, you'd be like, cool t-shirt or sweatshirt, right? No doubt. I get handed cool t-shirts and sweatshirts fucking constantly. I also get handed a lot of not cool t-shirts and sweatshirts. But that petit toit thing you were talking about before, oh, yeah, fire. Yo, shout out Chef Ludo. Right. Because at that uh, hundreds event that I was at hosting for Network, mm-hmm. Chef Ludo, fucking Los Angeles legend. Michelin. Yeah, yeah, seriously. He gave me a petit toit hat and sweatshirt, and he made me a sandwich that almost literally gave me an erection. You know? <laughs> it was the most insane sandwich I've ever had in my life. Um, but yeah, see, like, it, I get swag like that. So suddenly, like, value what is value? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know, know what it is for me, man? I think about this a lot. It's taking care of my people and keeping my circle tight. And yeah. if I can have those things in my life, I'm a much better person. So I value, like, helping pals and then making sure I know who my real pals are. And that's about it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a good rule, actually, honestly. I'm just thinking about how I value sleep above everything nowadays, which oh. is a totally new thing. Like, I didn't ever Stream. give a fuck about sleep. Sleep rules everything around me. Stream. <laughs> Stream <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, I just, but I just, like, I'll happily sleep 12 hours a night here since I moved to Los Angeles. Whereas, if, like, if I was in New York, I would have felt like I was wasting my life. If Do you I sleep was, 12 hours a night here? If I can. Yeah? It's if nice. I can. That sounds what's, good. What's your usual uh, sleep allotment? Like, how much sleep do you get in a night? Seven. Seven about. Yeah. Yeah, same here. But, yeah. like, a sleep in for 12 or 14 if I can manage it? Wow. Oh, yeah. So you like to sleep. That, oh. That's like, I can't yeah. sleep for 12 hours. If I wake up after 12 hours, I'll be groggy until I go to sleep again, right? It, it would throw off my cycle. I generally go to sleep. I like to wake up without an, without an alarm, and it happens in seven hours. But you'll keep going if you have no alarm. If I have no alarm and I know that there's nothing to wake up for, because my brain wakes me up before sure. any alarm will. Like if I if I alar- sleep in alarmingly late, I'll always wake up. But then if nice. I have the opportunity to just curl back up and go back to sleep, I totally will. 
Yeah, yeah. I'll sleep in a park. I'll sleep on a bus. <laughs> oh, I'll sleep in an Uber. I slept in the Vancouver airport once. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I've Just definitely like done on some the airport sleeping. Yep. Yeah. That I can do. Oh. I also flew to Denver on New Year's Eve 20, into 2013 uh, to meet Beanstalk because mm-hmm. we were at the very first legal rec sales. I was the first uh, person of color to buy legal weed in America. Fuck yes. Right? Am January I right? One, yeah. Twenty thirteen. Yeah, number one was Sean Azaridi, the uh, he's a a veteran mm-hmm. who it was like a you know, symbolic purchase. And then like five people and then Bean and Stock <laughs> and then like twenty five people and then me. And because we were in Denver, God bless him. <laughs> not a brown face in the lot. Uh, I was like the 51st person, but I was the first person to call her. And the way I know that is I just like leaned down the line and was like, yeah, only brown guy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. History oh, books, man. man. Uh, <laughs> um, the history books. I, I came, I drove here today with one like real question for you. Yeah. Because I knew we would just shoot this shit and it would be fun. But yeah. I had like one real one. Sure. There's like so much popping in cannabis right now and it's just the tip of the iceberg when a lot more cooks get in the kitchen what's actually important to you and it can be selfish but or it can be for the world or the globe Mm -hmm. like i would love to hear some of the selfishness actually um (laughs) but like how do you fucking decide and what is important to you right so when it comes to cannabis i maintain something that i said when legalization first rec legalization first happened right is that don't be so quick to trust the authorities that prohibited cannabis unjustly for so long to now justly regulate it right and i think what's played out is kind of uh you know proof of that in a lot of ways and that the corporatization of cannabis all the shenanigans with licensing all that shit, right uh, a nightmare. It's like a knot you can't untie. It's it just keeps getting yeah. tighter and bigger. Oh yeah, and it's it's you know yeah. what it is. It's it's capitalism, man. It's it's the system. It's bureaucracy. Uh, yeah, and and bureaucracy. It, it's the system of greed. It's the system of uh, rewarding manipulation and 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 rewarding greed. Right. Uh, that's gotten us here. And I think the most important thing for cannabis and for us in cannabis is that people should question authorities and they should grow weed themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm a person who should take the, a note out of this because look, a byproduct of receiving fantastically grown free weed and hash all the time is that I have like no fucking reason to grow weed myself. But it's important that I do and it's important that everybody does because it's one of the only things that you truly can generate yourself, right? And it's actually better if you generate it yourself and generating it yourself keeps the market in check, you know what I mean? And it makes sure that only passionate people are actually out there vying uh, for your uh, patronage. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's a way that you, you know, people don't brew beer at home anymore that much, right? But they used to. There was a time when they did because it's a fairly simple process. Everybody wanted beer at home and this is the thing you did. Yeah. But slowly we moved away from it because we live in this culture of convenience. Right. And look, you look at the how how much pre-rolls have evolved in the last few years, how much vape pens have become ubiquitous in the last few years. And you know that people are being separated from the actual 
plant. You know what I mean? And and it's becoming a thing that it's going to be inconceivable of to, to, to grow it yourself at home. And you're going to be like, why would I do that? I'm just going to buy it. It's like nobody makes bathtub liquor. Nobody grows tobacco in their backyard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that to me, when it comes to substances, is the most important thing. I mean, I always say this, and actually going back to what you were saying, Mary Jane, is that, uh, you know, psychedelics, right? The, the battle to normalize cannabis is merely a rung in the ladder uh, of the larger goal of normalizing psychedelics. Yeah. Right? And I say that more plainly now because, yeah, like people are being more accepting of psychedelics now. Um, but in general, look, man, we're not going to be able to save the world from the bullshit that we've, that our ancestors have gotten it into. But we can try to make the world a better place by ubiquitizing and socializing and normalizing cannabis, right? And an important part of keeping the authorities in check, they will always swoop in. They will always put a 25% sales tax on it. If it's good in this world, they will throw their lasso around it and they will hog tie it, right? And they will milk it for all it's worth, right? Preach. Mm -hmm. They will always do that. We need to offset it. We gotta be self-sufficient. We gotta grow our own cannabis. We gotta learn. I gotta learn. Uh, and we got to take the power back, man. Damn, 2020. Yes. 2020. Abdullah <laughs> <laughs> like 2020. 2020. Oh, man. That would be great. I'm like, like I saw an opportunity. I saw that there was still a big toss-up in the <laughs> in the Democratic uh, pool. Yeah. When Pete got in that car with Mark Zuckerberg, yeah. kind of like... <laughs> I was like, Bernie got stents put in? Uh, <laughs> I'm throwing my hat in the ring. <laughs> Oh, that's crazy funny. Tulsi's a Russian mall? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Also, her name is the name of a of a, a type of tea. Uh, all I can think about when I hear the name Tulsi, uh-huh. Tulsi tea. Tulsi tea is a type of tea. Oh, Ooh. so she, maybe she is spilling it to the Russians. Oh! oh! Damn. Is that a wrap? Comedy. Sure. <laughs> Why not? Can you plug your podcast? It's yes. very good. Uh, Great Moments in Weed History. It's a show where myself and David Biedenstock, who is a, uh, a journalistic authority on cannabis, uh, go through fascinating points in the long, long history of cannabis. There's stories about Phil Akuti, uh, who had his own little mini country in Nigeria where weed was legal. There's a story of how uh, Bob Dylan smoked out the Beatles for the first time. In the new season, we have the story of how Barack Obama was a huge pothead. Mike episode liked that one. one. Yeah, episode one. Fucking good. Thank you so much. And there's a whole bunch of other stories. There's mad more ones coming out. Uh, so please check it out wherever you find your podcasts. Great moments in weed history. If you type in great moments in weed, the rest of it will probably pop up. It's so fucking no unbelievably informative and cool and Thank weird so and full of all the information that everyone needs to know about weed and the shit show is the yes. shit thank you so much the shit show first wednesdays of every month at el cid unless otherwise noted uh and november 6th yes we're gonna have fucking mike glazer it's on a the bill great fucking hang yeah it's and so fun and you are amazing last time thanks man and you're amazing at your show yeah hey, oh yeah you know what i actually want to say this before we get off glazed is the best comedy show I've been to in LA. And it, 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 it's, it, it's legit. It is so well done. I went Thank you. with uh, my Fuck partner man. on my show, Josh, and we were like, 
we got to take notes, man, because you really know how to put on a show. Okay, this last time, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on the air, the opening act was the voices of Pinky and the Brain and so many other like cartoons that yeah. I know and everybody knows. I was beside myself, man. I was losing my mind. I was like, this is fucking incredible. I, I can't believe that like I'm seeing this right now. It's so different, so amazing. That Harry Mack guy Yo. that closes the show Yo. is so incredibly talented, man. I am, like, literally, I, I was sitting there at the bar uh, at, at, at the improv lab, and someone was, like, pointed the guy out, and he was like, that guy over there freestyles like a motherfucker. And I was like, what? Get out of here, really? And, like, forgot about it, right? Right. And then the end of the show came. And he was going around and freestyling everybody's ass all up. And I was like, please do me a joke. Please <laughs> do me a joke. Also, crazy thing that happened at that show is that oh, yeah. me and Josh, sitting next to each other, came together. That's great. We won the two raffles. We won the two gifts. Straight bags. up random, too. Yeah, independently of one another. Completely. Amazing. I, I was like... After, like, <laughs> literally, he, he won the first one. I was like, hey, good for my man. And as you're drawing the second one, like, whatever, half an hour later, I was like, wouldn't it be fucking ridiculous if if I won the next one? And we yeah. laughed, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I fucking won it. You fucking felt it. I, yeah, that, that's the craziest thing. But seriously, the vibe, the everything, the way you carry the show, the music, it's the art. It's everything in one show. I fucking love it, dude. Dude, that yeah. means the world. Thank you. Thank you. God damn. God Thank you damn. both. It's the best. Well, that's the best I'm going to feel forever. So, can Thank we... you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to Let's do with my body. Let's immortalize it. Thank you, man. <laughs> Good shit. Thank you guys so much. This was such a blast. You're both fantastic. Man, you wrapped up our show, dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pirate. So good. No, that's like a positivity pirate. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's show great. Podcast positivity pirate. That sounds like a great podcast. I would totally listen to. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, At positivity pirate. Where every each episode is just me doing an episode of someone else's show. Uh huh. Oh. Yeah, you can fucking positivity pirate podcast. Yep. Okay, so would you this guys be great. down to be in the first season of because then we could double publish the, show, <laughs> the episode, right? Absolutely. All right. Bank okay. a bunch. Bank a bunch. I'm yep. gonna keep you guys posted. Yo, patent pending on the positivity um, pirate pirate podcast. Boom. <laughs> 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 Thanks for the assist there, Mary Jane. <laughs> You're welcome. Pretty stoned. <laughs> if you want to follow us, we're at Weed and Grub on Instagram. Go to weedandgrub.com if you want to check out some other things. Uh, leave a five-star review. Click that fifth star. Leave a real, real review if you got two more seconds. Anything else, MJ? Send me a whisk pick. Send Mary Jane a fucking whisk pick. <laughs> right? Any yeah. size? Uh, medium. I like the medium whisks. Medium whisks. Big ones are intimidating. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>